You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drink Up, the diet version of drunk wrestling history. I'm Adam. <laughs> I'm your designated host. They are the drunk wrestling historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always drink. Thank you all very much for joining us. We hope you have a fun time for this episode, as well as a nice cold beverage. And you know what else uh, would be awesome? See what I did there? Uh, head over to whatamaneuver.net. Get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts, tank tops, onesies, and uh, hoodies with the Drunk Wrestling History logo on it. Great soft quality material for on-demand printing. Want to look like a true Drunk Wrestling Historian with that gear? Get it at whatamaneuver.net. Buy a fucking shirt. It'll get you laid. Buy our fucking merch. Do it now! (laughs) Eddie, take it away. Um, not much to it. Um, I just have a couple quick notes. Um, First one is I'm not going to go into countries with their downloads because it's only today's the seventh or I think today's the seventh, so I'll get to that next recording because there'll be more of them by then. I like to you know try to get everybody, but I did get called out on um, YouTube by our buddy Bruno in Portugal, and he said, "Dude, you never mentioned you didn't mention Portugal last time around." So I just want to say, listeners in Portugal, specifically Bruno, totally forgot that last time. That's because on you you're. YouTube doesn't show what countries you get downloads in. Pod Podbean does, so if you only listen to us on YouTube, I can't see where you are. So, apologies to Bruno. Thank you for listening to the show. We love uh, Portugal. Thank you, Portugal. Portugal, especially especially Scott, especially me. And um, yeah, that's it. Um, Peeps. Our last two sets of recording, two sets of recordings ago, we had two deaths in a row. We had um, with the Judd chick. Which, which Judd was it? Why was it Winona Judd or? Mm, oh shit! You put me. Well, on whichever. Who, I mean, it I was one of the Judds. One of the Judds died two recordings ago, and the recording before that, Taylor Hawkins died. Our previous recording, Ray Liotta died during it. So I don't know what's going on, but people. I hope no one's dying tonight. Yeah, I think the Warrior season died tonight. Maybe. No, they're still. <laughs> there's. They're still good. There's still time. There's still time. <laughs> well. Well, if that's the worst that happens, I guess we got lucky. Um, last note, one of our favorite listeners, uh, Gallon, got married. Oh, congrats, dude. Galen Gallon. Yeah, congratulations, yeah, so, dude. Yeah, we want to say congratulations to him. That's awesome. Um, congrats, dude. Yeah, yeah. He po- posted a picture on uh, Instagram for the wedding. It looked awesome. So, congratulations. Yes, and I am to life. Uh, it was Naomi Judd. Naomi Judd. Naomi Judd. R.I.P. Naomi. For this week's episode, we are taking this back to the year of our Lord, 2000. This was when 
the ECW champion, Mike Awesome, jumped to WCW. He didn't just jump to WCW, he jumped as ECW champion to WCW. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what made it you know, notable compared to... Now, nowadays you're hearing the phrase forbidden doors. This is definitely an example of one of those. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's and that's got to be the most overused fucking phrase in wrestling too. Like everything is a forbidden door. There's nothing forbidden about Adam Cole uh, not re-signing with WWE and going to AEW. You know what I mean? But it's always forbidden door. I can't. I'm so over it. And they have the stupid pay per view coming up with the forbidden literally door called forbidden door. Enough. Enough. It's Mickey not- James was forbidden door. And that was the only time in the last year that I felt that was an appropriate term to use. It's not a forbidden door if, for a pay-per-view if you have an agreement to appear together. Right, it's right, like right. We welcoming have... door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on in. Have a yeah, beverage. Very friendly door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you guys who've listened to the show for a long time, you know how much we love Mike Awesome. He's one of our favorites. And he really, truly was fucking awesome. He was. So, yeah, it wasn't just like a, a catchy last name. No, he no. I mean, it was. A, he, he earned that goddamn name. Yep. Yeah. So to go into the backstory, he worked in ECW early on when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling. Yep. But he was mostly known for his work in Japan. He was over there in um, uh, what's the one called that Onita ran? Um, FMW. FMW. Yeah, he was over there. He uh, did a lot. He was there for years and years. That's where he started his feud with uh, Masato Tanaka, which if you want to hear about his match with Masato Tanaka at ECW One Night Stand, go back to episode, shit, I don't know, 20 or something? Seven. Seven. Yeah, we did a, we did a watch along of that. Find, probably find that episode. Over two years ago. Legendary. Way early on, yeah. Yeah, legendary, awesome match. Great wrestler. He was really good. Um, so he was in ECW just kind of here and there. Like, he wasn't really a main guy, you know. Um, he would just show up sometimes. He almost killed J.T. Smith in a dive to the floor where he bent him in half backwards over the barricade. <laughs> I blame J.T. EC- Smith. That was his gimmick. Yeah, right, right. In a typical <laughs> ECW fashion, they were like, put that in highlight reels. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they weren't like, WWE, don't try this at home where they show guys hurt after a match and tell you don't do this. They're like, nah, put the dude, put the guy almost broke his back, put it in highlight reels till the end of time. <laughs> we'll sell a shit ton of tapes, brother. Yeah. <laughs> So he ended up coming back in 98. He was he was there in 93, 94. He came back in 98 um as a like a regular. You know, he was on he was he was a regular on the show. But he got hurt in September and he was out for a full year. He came back in 99, September 99 and pretty much right away, like within weeks, won the title in a triple threat with Taz and Masato Tanaka. Which, do you, do you guys know which pay-per-view that was on? Was that on a pay-per-view? Or was that on just the regular TV show? Got me, dude. I didn't do Mike Awesome okay. homework on this aside from this event. Okay, all right. Um, well, hopefully it's on a pay-per-view because I would love to watch that match at some point. We'll get to it. Yeah, as long as it's on a pay-per-view, we'll definitely get to it. Yeah. So he's champ, and Heyman, as Heyman was known to do, was fucking him around. He's not paying him, and everybody... Who, was there anybody in WC, in ECW at that point that didn't have a story about pay, Heyman not paying him? I think every guy that was on the roster at some point has a Paul Heyman didn't has pay me story. Not you paying have him, to. Or, yeah, not paying him, or lying to him, or just whatever the fuck. Checks in the mail. Paul, he- Paul Heyman is like... I didn't think about this till today, but Paul Heyman is one of these guys that every wrestling fan loves, right? But he is your textbook shady fucking wrestling promoter. Shady promoter, yep. 
Like, we shouldn't like him, but we do. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's the guy that ripped everybody fucking off, and if it was anybody else, you'd be like, fuck that guy. Yeah, but he's a genius, but so We're just trying him. to overlook him because now he's the special consultant uh, for the tribal chief. It's like, oh, what a genius he is. He has this history, you know? We're right, all just distracted kinda... by that, apparently. Yeah. Well, well, and we're also distracted by that he ran ECW, and ECW was so fucking cool yes. at the time. Yes, You know, mm-hmm. so just kind of like, he was doing such great shit. Ju- and I guess judging the by time, the cover, yeah. Yeah, and at the time, he didn't really know about the shadiness that was going on in the back. But I guess looking back on it, he sort of, well, a lot of the wrestlers are like, whatever, I'm over it, too. You know, like, he's sort of forgiven by a lot of them, it seems. You know, I've heard a lot of guys be like, oh, he still owes me 20000 bucks, but whatever, he's cool. Right, 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 right. I'll make that an autograph signing, but fuck it, whatever, you know. Right, right. We love so Paul that's, Heyman. yeah. So that was the Mike Awesome situation. So Heyman's not paying him, and he writes up a contract. He's working without a contract. Heyman wants him to sign the contract. He's not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. He's like, dude, fuck you, pay me. You know, he's like, um, like in Goodfellas, like Henry Hill, like like Ray Liotta, right? In uh, Goodfellas, the place got hit by lightning. Fuck you, pay me. Yep. Business was slow. Fuck you, pay me. That's Mike Awesome. Fuck you, pay me. Then I'll sign your shitty fucking contract, Paul. Yep. And Paul's just not coming through and not coming through. So we get into April 99, which is only, what's that, six months later. Yep. Nine months later, whatever. Heyman keeps him as champ. He's fucking him around, but he still lets him, he keeps him as champion, which makes no sense. Like, maybe you pick someone else, I don't know, take the belt off him because you're worried about something because you're fucking him around. But Well, or, word on the street is that there was, there was a verbal agreement between the two. Right, but a verbal agreement doesn't mean shit. It means jack shit. There's right. nothing on paper. Yeah. There's no contract stating Mike Awesome is under a deal with you. There's nothing. Yeah. It's all verbal at this point, apparently. There's disputes, but that was the word on the street. It was all verbal. Yeah. So Awesome's on his way to a house show over the weekend in April. I think it would be the second weekend of April, I guess. And uh, the story he told was that he gets on the phone with Horace Hogan who he worked with in Japan, and he's like, man, I don't even know why the fuck I'm going. This guy doesn't pay me. He owes me all this money. It's always the money's on its way, blah, blah, blah. And Horace is like, dude, you need to come over here. Let me put you on the phone with Hogan. I'm here with him. So he gets on the phone with Hogan, and Hogan's like, brother, you got to come over here, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, let me get you on the phone with Eric. And I would think if Hogan told the story, I'd be like, oh, this is Hogan telling a story. <laughs> but... This was Mike Awesome telling the story. He says that Hogan was the guy that hooked him up with Bischoff. So it just sounds like a Hogan story. But every every weird thing sounds like a Hogan story, I guess. Right. And look, in 2000, WCW was willing to pretty much do anything at that point just to get mentioned. Mm-hmm. So bringing in Mike Awesome was a huge win for them at this time. Right. So this would be just under a year from when they went out of business. Correct. So yeah, they were, you're right. They were desperate at this point. They're like, we'll do anything to get noticed, anything that's going to get people talking. This is the early days of the internet. So they wanted to get, you know, internet, you know, uh, let's grab those smart notoriety. Marks. Right. That's yeah, exactly. Let's get the smart marks going. Yeah. So April 10th, he shows up on Nitro and jumps Nash. Yep. He's still champion. He never dropped the belt. Yeah. He's, he's still ECW no champion. He's still ECW champion. No shows, the weekend house shows. Jumps, Nash is doing an in-ring promo. Mike Awesome comes from comes through the crowd from behind. He's not wearing the belt. Do you know what he was wearing? Uh, no, I don't. A fanny pack. Fuck. That wasn't the <laughs> 80s anymore. Come on, dude. 
<laughs> in what kind of situation would he need that fanny pack? You know what I mean? Like he couldn't, I guess. Unless the, you were going to have weapons to. Like barbed wire. Uh, yeah. To <laughs> well, punch I mean, uh, Nash in the back of the head. I guess the thought process could be that he didn't come from the locker room. That's why he came from the crowd because he's like invading kind of like NWO did five years before or four years before, but he couldn't leave it in the car. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> was he going to have to show his fucking ID? <laughs> <laughs> he had his beer money in there. Yeah, it was really weird. And I thought that was sort of a missed opportunity to not wear the belt. Bischoff said that, he just didn't want to get into trouble with Turner legal. Yeah, he didn't want any legal ramifications coming from this. But I would have been, especially at that point, where like they were sort of desperate. Although he and Russo had been in trouble not too long before this, so I guess they were trying to be on their best behavior. But this might have been a good situation to ask for forgiveness instead of asking for permission. Right, exactly. You know, put him on TV and apologize. Exactly, know? yeah. Won't happen again, sorry. That gets way more people talking about the ECW champion being on there than some tall guy with a fanny pack that jumped Nash. Right, and what and, and the problem with it was, so I think with Shivani was on commentary, he said he's the ECW champion. The live crowd, unless you watch ECW, does not know that. Yeah. So yeah, if he would have had a tall belt, dude jumping Nash. Right. So if he jumped in with a belt, you'd at least be like, okay, this guy's someone, you know, not some big dude. Yep. So I think it would have been a little more effective, a little more effective on that, on that occasion, you know, that night. Um, and then he, after he jumps him, he says that when he heard that Russo and Bischoff were back. He couldn't miss that opportunity to come over there, which I have no... I guess He that said it was like, too sweet. <laughs> Not too sweet. But yeah. That, to me, sounded like Russo trying to get his name mentioned on TV. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make any sense for him to say that. It was just like Russo was just like, hey, yeah, put me over too while you're out there. So, Justin Credible said that... So, he got a lot of shit. A lot of people were pissed off at him. You know, a lot of fans were pissed off at him. You know, especially, you know, the ECW fans... A lot of guys in ECW are pissed off at him. Um, Lance Storm, or not Lance Storm, but um, Justin Incredible said that Heyman owed him about fifty thousand dollars. I read that. So he was, yep. yeah. So he was that much, you know, out of he'd gotten screwed out of that much money. So like, why the fuck wouldn't you leave? Yeah, I'm gonna bounce, dude. If you, look, if you went to your job tomorrow and they're like, hey, we can't pay you for a while, <laughs> right? Like, we're just gonna rack up fifty k in owed wages. Would you mind just working for free up until we can pay you at some point? No guarantee. Yeah, that we exactly. Can. Of course you exactly. fucking bounce. Yeah, and he said I watched a shoot interview with him, and he was saying he was basically he was being paid like sporadically. It wasn't even like he's being paid part of his money every two weeks or something like that. Right. He was just kind of whenever when it Paul came. had some money. Yeah, Paul would have some cash and kick it down. So it was just really just total bullshit on Paul's end. I do actually have a quote from Lance Storm on this whole thing. I know what you're what it is, but go ahead. Okay. You did do homework. You said you didn't do homework. You know, I tell stories. What a show off. <laughs> so here's Lance Storm's quote on any heat that Mike Awesome had being unjustified. The mm. true story is that Mike was owed a significant amount of money from ECW and he refused to sign his contract until he received all of the money due to him. After repeatedly not receiving money promised to him, Mike accepted an offer from WCW that offered his family financial security. I'm not sure there is anyone in the business that would have done differently. And then now it leads into Just Incredible saying that was around 50K. So Mike Austin's right. contract that he signed with WCW, mm -hmm. being owed 50K from ECW was right around $280,000 a year. Um, I have the number I have, which I think comes from that spreadsheet that leaked, is $297,578. Well, there you go. Almost 300K Which is a year. odd. 
which is an odd number, but it must be something like this much a week or whatever, you know. Yeah. To that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So while this is so, so he shows up, he gets this fat deal, blows off Haman, blows off the fifty thousand. He's like, "Fuck you guys! You're not paying me. I'm not showing up." Yeah. Um. So Haman is like at the shows backstage with a contract that was signed. And he's telling Bischoff he did sign a contract. And Bischoff's like, no, he fucking didn't. And the lawyers are involved. And Heyman's telling the wrestlers that he signed a contract. Mm -hmm. And um, apparently Judge Jeff Jones, who was Mike Awesome's manager, he said that uh, (laughs) Heyman forged uh, Mike Awesome's signature on the contract. Oh, Jesus, dude. Come on. And he's just just using it to show it to people, kind of. Like, he didn't use it as, like, evidence in court. So I guess you can't really get in trouble for that. He's trying trying to to do some damage control immediately. And get the boys on his side, too. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, and that contract was for three years for 600000 which... I mean, Awesome would probably have taken the ECW deal any fucking way. There's no way ECW yeah. would have been able to pay him $600,000 over three fucking years. There's no way. Not, the shape not they when were they in were, 2000, no way. Not when they were behind 50000 over nine months. Exactly. There's no fucking <laughs> you know? way that deal was legit. Yeah. Um, so I just found this out today. Somehow, the day that he showed up on Nitro, Bubba the Love Sponge knew about it probably heard it from Hogan. Hogan probably leaked it to him and he went on his show and talked about it the day of the, the day that morning. Oh, so before Nitro had even like bef- come on the before air. Before Nitro, Bubba about it. Yeah, Bubba goes on his radio show and says, hey, uh, Mike Awesome uh, Mike, Mike Awesome's gonna do a, a, a WCW McGilligutty show up over there. Wow. That's my bad Bubba impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. So now we end up with this situation where you got Mike Awesome, who's ECW champion. Paul Heyman insists that he signed a contract there, lying, and but he's got the belt, and Heyman wants the fucking thing back. So they get into this whole legal issue with WCW and Turner's lawyers and Paul's lawyers, who probably went to Hollywood upstairs legal school. <laughs> oh, one of those uh, <laughs> get a law degree in one hour. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, got it. yeah. Um, Paul tries to get a restraining order to keep him off TV, but that doesn't work. And so finally Bischoff is like, whatever, dude, I don't even care that he's WCW champion. Like, like I said, like turn, like legal's never going to let him run with that anyway. So he's like, fuck it. Just do what we got to do to give him back the title. Like, I don't care about ECW. I don't care about this dumb belt. They weren't a threat so, to WCW. That's how Bischoff viewed thr- it anyway. Right, right. And, and Bischoff wasn't a threat to WWE. Right, you know? like, right. Like ECW was bottom of the barrel. Like one yeah, of the food th- chain was very clear at this point. Right, right. One of the things that they so, were saying is like, ah, sure, throw it in. Don't let him uh, throw it in a trash can. Pretty uh, much. On, right. on live TV. Pretty much. Yeah. So Paul gets on the yeah. phone with Vince. Hey, Vince, can I borrow Taz? I need, I need someone to take this title off Mike Awesome. Um, can I borrow Taz for the weekend? So this is the owner of ECW calling mm-hmm. the owner of the WWE yes. to grab a WWE employee to wrestle a w- or WCW employee who currently holds the ECW heavyweight title. And doing it in an ECW ring. In an ECW ring. This is the only yeah. time this has ever happened in history. <laughs> right, and this is way... This is, you know about 10 years removed from when there were, uh, there were times where the territories would have interpromotional matches, stuff like that. Or like, you know, Lawler went and wrestled, um, 
for the AWA championship. Yeah, Kerry Von Erich versus happened. Lawler. Yeah, they had the big the Super Clash event or whatever. Yeah, they would do stuff like that on occasion, especially when the territories were starting to struggle. They'd be like, okay, let's pull our resources. Merge. But this yeah. is this is way removed from that. So this was like an unheard of type of situation. Totally. Like, this was just really bizarre. Yep. And the kind of thing that you'd never... Dude, uh, if you watch the match with Mike Osmond and Taz, it looked like there were about 150 people there, but those were 150 lucky motherfuckers. Yeah, they were with Because that would have been cool to see. Yeah, And this right? definitely wasn't something um, that was planned because you would think if this was planned, they would have saved it for a pay-per-view. This shit happened at a fucking yeah. house show. House show, yeah. And they had a camera oh, there. Oh, this so they wasn't ECW on TNN? Well, they, it, it happened at a house show, but they recorded oh, it with like a single oh, camera and showed right. it on ECW. Okay. Okay, yeah. th- that's where I'm confused, where uh, the national crowd became aware of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah they showed it on so, ECW TV. Do you know why they picked Taz to do this instead of just having an ECW guy do this? Because I couldn't really find anything kind of um, confirming anything why. I have I no have idea my... why they would have gone to Vince. Is it I probably mean... just because WWF was still f- indirectly, or not indirectly, directly funding ECW at the time? WWE was not funding ECW, and I don't know that they ever were. There were always rumors about that. I had heard they um, were in 97, but come 2000, I don't think that they would have they would have had any financial ties to ECW. They definitely weren't at this point, and I, Heyman claims that they never were, so I don't really know what's true. I do know that there was always like this mysterious person funding them, and that turned out to be fucking Rick Rubin, of all people. Hmm. So I don't know if Vince was or not, but... At this point, definitely not. But he just had like a decent relationship with them. I, the reason I think he wanted Taz instead of one of his own guys was it's one of two things. Um, either because he knew Taz was a legit shooter, and Awesome couldn't, you know, like if there's a guy you want to put him in there that would, the Awesome couldn't go in there and go into business with himself and walk out with the title, it's Taz. Even though he's a lot smaller, you know what I mean. He's, he's like a, a he's judo more guy. Right, like Taz probably could really pin him or tap him out or something. You think so? Um, yeah, I think it was like a Luthez Buddy Rogers situation. Okay, you know, like Luthez was champion, not even necessarily Buddy Rogers, but Luthez was NWA champion for years and years because that was a guy who nobody could legit beat. Like nobody could go into the ring and and uh, take liberties with him and beat him. Like if you didn't want to go in there and work with him. He was still going to pin your ass. Huh. I think it might have been that kind of situation with Taz. Because, I mean, Mike Awesome could probably go in there and knock the fuck out of Sabu if he wanted to. Or Tommy or Dreamer, D- or Raven, or, or Sandman, or insert ECW right. legend here. Right, but Taz was a legit shooter. Um, if that wasn't the reason, I think it was to embarrass him by having him lose to a guy two feet shorter than him. <laughs> I'm going with your shooter theory. Okay, okay. It was one of the two. <laughs> Um, but uh, so the reason I started thinking because he's a shooter because um, in that shoot interview Mike Awesome said that he would have rather worked with Rhino because he trusted Rhino and he knew that they would have gone in there he said he would have gone and had a good match with them um, but Taz, the Taz match was two minutes long he said he didn't trust Taz and when Taz put the Taz mission on he had his hand up under it he didn't let Taz actually slap the Taz mission on him completely oh okay um, so I think it's kind of that like no I'm not he's not gonna I think he thought he was a guy who could choke him out um he also said that he got a fax from the lawyers. At this point, the lawyers were dealing with everything. And the fax was, you're going to come to Indianapolis. There's going to be a hotel room for you. Paul didn't get him the hotel room. That was bullshit. And you're going to wait outside. You're not going to come into the building. You're going to enter through the front door. You're going to do a two-minute match. And they laid the whole match out. And you're going to leave through the front door. And I think part of that, too, was I think there was 
sort of two reasons for that going and out the front door. He looked like a pussy leaving through the crowd. Like he was afraid to go through the locker room. Hmm. And I think that was why Heyman had him do it that way. Like he wanted him to make him, he wanted to make him look like he was afraid to go into the locker room. Um, Cause I watched the match before hearing that. And I was like, damn dude, what a bitch. He wouldn't even go through the locker room, but no, he was instructed by lawyers not to go through the locker room. Interesting. Um, okay. Hmm. Yeah, so I think that was why he did that. And I mean, I think also there was legit heat back there. Well, so. for sure. Look, Joey Styles yeah. was talking shit on him like crazy during One Night Stand mm-hmm. 2005. That was five years totally. removed from this. So there was still a lot of bad blood. That, like, I wonder if Joey Styles, all things considered now, if he feels bad about that. Because he said some pretty harsh fucking shit about Awesome on that pay-per-view. Well, and I think that was Joey Styles working too because Heyman was involved with that pay-per-view and he brought him back for the show. So I think the bad blood was kind of squashed at that point. I don't know, dude. So Joey I think Styles was... was like a big ECW raw raw guy. Like right. that stuff was not coming across as scripted to me. I mean, God bless Joey Styles if he was able to pull that off and not mean it. But it seemed like a lot yeah. of that was coming from the heart. Well, it could have been a little bit of both. He's told to say this, but he does feel this way. Yeah, and I wonder if that you know, opinion has changed over the years. Like hearing these things that Lance Storm and Justin Credible have said, you know, I don't know how Bish- it doesn't. Yeah, and Bischoff's interview, like, dude, of course. Like, I'm sure Joey right, Styles I mean, still has like Paul Heyman. He owes me like 25k, but whatever. Right, I love right. Paul Heyman. I'm just gonna forgive it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how anybody takes Paul's side in this, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. believe me, back in 2000 when the shit was going down, I was like, fuck Mike Awesome. That dude's a fucking sellout. Fuck him. I hope the crowd shits all over him. I want Taz to legit choke him out. In 2022, I'm like, oh no. Mike Awesome was well within his rights to do exactly what the fuck he did. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So that's that for the title. And then Mike Awesome goes on to his fantastic WCW run. (laughs) In which he He, feuded. He condensed a a 10-year career into one. (laughs) (laughs) He ran through some gimmicks. he teamed with Kidman a little bit in his feud with Hogan, which was ridiculous. Stupid. Um, he worked DDP, uh, Canyon, Nash kind of off and on, which was, you would have thought he'd go into a long feud with Nash, but no. I mean, he's only foot um, six, seven. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, the one guy who's almost as tall. Right. Uh, by July, he was the fat chick thriller because there's nothing but money in a gimmick like that. Right. I mean, who doesn't want to watch a guy that likes to bang fat chicks? Come on. Yeah, right. I mean, that's a perfect gimmick. That's great. Sell a lot of I shirts. I mean, that's what that's. This is why everyone. This is why Russo is considered a genius. <laughs> and by September, he was that '70s guy. Russo, you genius. <laughs> and I don't know where they came up with that '70s guy gimmick. I don't know. Maybe it's because he had the mullet. Um, and he had an interesting mullet because he had a mullet with no sideburns, <laughs> um, which you don't typically see. It, like, I mean, his sideburns were shaved bald. Like they were. His sideburns were as smooth as my balls. And do you know why my balls are so smooth? So smooth? Because of the lawnmower 4.0. Well done. Yep. Yep. See, I, I could I, I can make a segue out of anything. Shoehorn. Uh, support for You're drunk like wrestling history. Support for drunk wrestling history is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code drunk wrestling, one word, at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. And after four weeks of this, that joke's gotten a little bit old. I should have rewritten that one. <laughs> um, the performance package 4.0, it's really cool, though. Um, you know, it's way better than that joke. It's a game changer, to be honest. 
you will find inside this lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, and the Performance Boxer Briefs, and a really rad travel bag. And Scott, you're a big fan of the um, Weed Whacker because in your advanced age, you have issues with uh, nose and ear hair. Yes, very much with nose and ears hair and also with bad nose hair trimmers. I've actually used a bad set of trimmers before and drawn blood inside my nose from them. But let me say, using the Weed Whacker, I've never had this issue. It's super smooth. It cleans it up nice. The Manscaped trimmer itself, when I'm doing the the boys downstairs, super smooth. It's got a light on it. Shows you exactly where you need to go. Clean up your taint. Manscaped loves your balls. Go check out this package. Yeah, and the reason you've never had problems with it is because of their advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces the chance of nicks and cuts. And that's the last thing you need. You don't need to be getting color on your balls. Absolutely not. I'm not Ric Flair down there. Shit don't need color. Right, exactly. The trimmer's waterproof, which is great. It makes it so easy to clean. You can use it in the shower if you want, but my favorite part about it is it's really easy to clean. Especially with the additional brush that comes with it. Everything Mm -hmm. comes right off. You don't have to clean it. it. You don't have to. Well, I I know you don't. No, you can leave it. Like a cast iron skillet, right? Like seasoning. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So it also comes with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The deodorant's cool. You just put that on in the morning, just like you would regular deodorant. And that's going to help you out through the day. But if you have one of those days, like I typically do at work, you're out in the sun, you're sweating, you're busting your ass, the Crop Reviver is great for that. And I have the Crop Reviver right here. He does here. have it. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to put it on right now. He, oh my. I'm going to stand up so you guys can see here. Let me let me move the camera so you guys can He's see it. He's going to. But uh, oh. I'm giving it a squirt right now. Don't. Okay. Good. All right. He's doing the... Oh, oh God damn it, dude. Come on. Eddie just showed us fucking D&B. No, I FaceTime. didn't. No, dude, you fucking totally did. Please. Adam and I both just saw your fucking Sullivan, dude. <laughs> anyway, but you should smell it, too. So anyway, it's great. All, all the products are great. The, the lawnmower, it just... It does... It's... Nice and smooth. It'll keep you smooth from ass to mouth. And that's all I've got to say about that. The boxers are amazing. I love those. And if you want to get percent, 20% off and free shipping with the code Drunk Wrestling at Manscaped, go do that. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Drunk Wrestling, one word. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I'm scarred. This is <laughs> you loved up. it. How dare you? You loved it. This is nothing new. <laughs> this is for Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to Mike Awesome. He's that '70s guy now, right? They paid this motherfucker three hundred thousand dollars a year, plus whatever they spent on that bus, and they had no clue what to do with his ass. He's six foot seven. He can fucking dive over the top rope. He could do all the shit that he did in the Masato Tanaka match, and they're like, ah, making that '70s guy. Give him a bus. Genius. Genius, right? I still don't know why WCW went out of business. <laughs> yeah. Why Russo is not running his own company right now is beyond me. <laughs> How did WCW get bought by the WWE? Still can't figure it out. Why would they <laughs> yeah, ever be incredible. put up for sale? It's a mystery. God damn it. Mike Awesome <laughs> was so fucking good and they wasted him. He, They totally did and he really did nothing notable. The best thing he ever did, his whole run there was um, he powerbombed Shaggy 2-Dope off of the bus. Yeah, and he fell off the bus. Yeah, we powerbombed him onto the bus, and then he slid off said bus 
like onto the ground. Thank you, Mike. Awesome. We love you for that. <laughs> yeah, that's I. You know what? I think that's a great way to sign off this episode, Mike. Awesome. We love you. Uh, so when you told me about this episode, uh, of course I looked into everything. We were done. No, uh, it's just really important for me to point out that the very first episode of SmackDown that I ever watched happened to be the one where. Uh, it was the one after the Raw where Chris Jericho uh, won the WWF title after Earl did a fast count, uh, stripped him yes, of it, yes. gave it back to Triple H. So Triple H is just in a bad mood. Uh, they announced that at Backlash, uh, Austin's going to be in Rock's corner. And then on SmackDown, uh, Crash Holly uh, gets attacked uh, by clowns, gets uh, shit thrown at him. And then Taz shows up with the ECW title, and they say he won it on a day off. I never right. knew this. I never knew the story behind that until you oh, introduced okay, cool. this episode. So ah. I was actually a bit mind blown when uh, this became the topic, and it did some deep dives. I'm like, holy shit! Something that's been in my mind for now 22 years, I could now. Uh, know the other side of the story of this. The pieces well, to the puzzle you know, falling into place. I know. It's crazy. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I had it in my notes and I missed it somehow. Um, while Taz had it, he only had it for a couple weeks and then he dumped it to Dreamer. Um, he wrestled Triple H on SmackDown as ECW champion and got beat. Mm-hmm. So Vince was like, sure, I'll send Taz up there to get the belt back for you, but I'm going to shit on the belt while I have it. Fuck, this is my <laughs> version of throwing it in a fucking garbage can. Right. I was like, he didn't have to. Taz didn't have to wrestle Triple H. No. What was the point? <laughs> yeah. But it was like, oh, fuck it. Beat the champ while he's here. <laughs> Let's really utilize this thing. And yeah, yeah he only yeah. had it for a week. He dropped it to fucking Dreamer. After right, losing right. to Triple H. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, and then he ended up on commentary not long after that. <laughs> that takes care of our episode about when ECW champion Mike Awesome jumped to WCW. What'd you think of our episode? Uh, what you think of these circumstances uh, as you watch them happen? Please let us know on the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. Please tell your family and friends and heels and faces to like, share, subscribe. Uh, we definitely love to hear from you so we can keep this drunk wrestling adventure going. On behalf of Eddie and Scott, I'm Adam reminding all of you to please stay safe, enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we'll see you next time for another great episode. One, two, three, Manscaped promo code Drunk Wrestling. Here we go. Yeah, I can Dive. back again. Just picked up paper and pen to create a little song to sing so y'all can hear the jam I break. Danny D laid down the track for me to kick up. The kid is back for my singing dance. For y'all the blacks are new to new So everybody party hard till you go drop Don't stop but there is reason to feast at least this decade When who was made Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are on the scene So keep it green and keep it clean Keep cool the golden rules Don't mess up, act no fool Wanna know where they coming from? Teenage Turtles are
turtles are horse. Awesome. 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 Awes